This episode is brought to you by the Disability and Food Art Exhibit, a groundbreaking exploration of disability, culture, and food stories in the Cowichan Valley through photos and videos. Learn how you can support this in-person and virtual exhibition at disabilityandfood.art. That's disabilityandfood.art. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain on the Vancouver film and television industry and celebrate its beating heart. Namely, the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. It's been nearly a year since the murders of George Floyd, Ahmed Arbery and Breonna Taylor drew millions into streets around the world demanding justice for black people everywhere. In Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, in the United States and in Canada, the statement Black Lives Matter became a rallying cry, a call for equal treatment, for dignity, for black people to be able to live their lives without the constant fear of being discriminated against or murdered. Black Lives Matter means just that. The Black Lives Matter. BLM. Black Lives Matter. It's simple and elegant and powerful and true. On Monday, February 22nd, on the Vancouver set of a production called Gone Mom, a film worker wore a Black Lives Matter shirt to set. Two days later, when they returned to work, not wearing that shirt, they were told by a producer not to wear anything BLM again because that statement, Black Lives Matter, was too political. This crew member left the production the following day. Another crew member gave his Black Lives Matter hoodie to a white colleague who wore it and shared a photo on social media with a caption that read in part, Racism is alive and well in BC film and it's disgusting. News about the incident spread on social media and was met with universal outrage. On Friday, the production company responded by removing the producer in question from the production and issued apologies to the affected crew members. And later in the episode, we will hear from Gone Mom's executive producer, Sean Williamson. But what does what happened on the set of Gone Mom tell us about racism and diversity and inclusion initiatives in the industry? We'll explore this and other questions in this episode. We start today by speaking with that crew member who wore their Black Lives Matter shirt to set on Monday. We're withholding their name as well as their specific crew position to protect their identity. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So how long have you been working in the Vancouver film and television industry? So I've been working for almost four years, but prior to that, I've done a lot of uh, volunteer positions while I was at school here in Canada. Okay. 
So you have a good a, a good few years then of this was not your first mm-hmm. set that you've been on. So in mm-hmm. your time working specifically in the Vancouver film and television industry, have you ever been made to feel discriminated against or marginalized in any way? Like how safe have you felt on our sets here? Um, I don't think I've ever felt discriminated in any way on set. I've felt comfortable my whole my whole time working here and uh, this week was a real eye, eye opener for me for sure yeah okay so let's talk about this week then you wore your black lives matter shirt to work on monday what does yeah. your black lives matter shirt mean to you um a lot because i i got the shirt uh, during the movement last year after the death of George Floyd. Um, I bought it online for, um, it was like a, a, what do you call this? One of those websites that send their profits to different uh, Black Lives Matter uh, charity organizations. And this shirt um, was my way of supporting uh, the movement during the pandemic because I am I uh, wanted to stand in solidarity, but I also wanted to be safe during COVID and avoid big gatherings. I did go to the one of the marches, but that was one of the many ways to support the whole movement. Right. So it means a lot to me. And I've worn the shirt since last year, almost every other week on different productions. Right. So... You wear it on Monday. You don't work mm-hmm. on Tuesday. You come no. back on Wednesday. What happened when you arrived to set on that Wednesday? Um, we were setting up for the first first scene, and uh, I think somewhere in the morning during our setup, it, it was in Vancouver downtown. My uh, my gaffer, who was basically my boss, came up to tell me that the producer told him that he saw me wearing the shirt on Monday and told me that I shouldn't wear anything like that shirt or anything that's too political on set because it's it's deemed inappropriate attire. I still feel very shocked when I hear that. I can only imagine what went through your mind. So what did go through your mind when, when you were told that? I, honestly, I was really speechless. And I was also looking at my boss for some, some sort of, like, I don't know, backup or anything. And he was just as, like, tongue-tied as me because um, what I understand from the industry is when a, a producer has a really big position on set and there is a saying, what they say goes, and that's just above our pay grade. And I don't blame my boss for, for like not standing up. And I know that a lot of people look to him for that. And uh, I don't, and there's no blame from him. And I understand the position he was in. And uh, we were both just left speechless and we just walked off and went through the day with that on our, on our mind. Right. And then you left the production the following day. Um, When you resigned, did you tell them the reason for your resignation? Yes, I did. I told the best boy that 
I couldn't come in tomorrow and if someone else could take my shift and that was the the Thursday was supposed to be my last day on set but uh, Wednesday was the final day because I just I just couldn't like hold it on hold on to that idea that someone like that would be working on set and I just didn't feel comfortable working in that kind of uh, environment Right. And and I would like to reiterate to my listeners who don't work in the industry, but on a fi- on a film set in the hierarchy, you know, it's the executive producers on top and then the producer comes underneath that, you know. And so that is like that is the main that is the head person who's in charge of the set pretty much, right? So this is the statement was coming from a person who is in a position of incredible power on that production. Mhm. So representatives for Gone Mom's production company, Slumber Productions, uh, said in many multiple media interviews on Friday that the entire incident was born of misunderstanding and misinterpretation. What's your response to the idea that everything that happened to you was a result of a misunderstanding or misinterpretation? Um, You know what, that's always been bothering me this whole week and uh, it's... I don't understand it, and uh, I honestly don't know what their what their misunderstanding was and what wasn't misinterpreted. And I can't speak for the the person. Uh, that's a question for them. But I know that it's very. You would have to have some sort of knowledge in the whole situation to 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 like uh, to grasp it. And I just don't think it. It's all wrong. Right. So to be clear, do you feel that what happened last week was an example of racism? I'm more of a, yes, I do. (laughs) Are you satisfied with how the production company responded? Um, Yes. There was a really quick turnaround. I got, the first phone call from someone, a few people from the lighthouse pictures uh, later in the evening. And uh, it, it wasn't from that person. It was from other people that I work with who also work as producers and executive producers. Um, I was, I know them personally and I, they, I felt that their apology was genuine and they were speaking on behalf of the person. And uh, I didn't get the call from the, from the, the producer himself the next until the next day and uh, honestly it, like I it was really awkward and I'm just glad it's it's over with but like I'm happy overall but th- the point is that like this never should have happened in the first place hmm. would you work with this company again if asked to do so I mean there are you know the people involved it's a big it's a big company in town mm-hmm um so the next day, I I was asked to come back to work if if I wanted to. There was only I think there was two days left in the production, and I I said thank you and declined because it 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 was all like really overwhelming, and then that's it was gonna, it was gonna be really awkward for me to be back on set so quickly after the whole thing, and I would work with this production company again, but with a different approach in a different like mindset because there's there's a different 
out, there's a different outlook for me now. And I'm very like uh, sad about that. Oh, can you tell me a bit more about this new outlook? Well, like, uh, I'm not from Canada. I, I grew up in the Middle East. It's a very conservative and very narrow-minded uh, like country with very conservative values. And the, I can't, I'm very naive when I came here to Canada because I just thought people would be more open and just uh, non-judgmental. And uh, uh, I was just sad that it's like your dreams were broken and then hope was taken away from you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hate to hear that. So word about what happened to you and your colleague, it spread very quickly in the industry, as you know. People across the film and television community expressed their outrage on social media. And film workers on multiple sets wore Black Lives Matter shirts on, to set on Friday. And there, is, there are a lot more people who plan to do so this coming week. What does that part of the response mean to you? Uh, a lot. It, it means the world to me. And like, I just cry every time like, I think about it because everyone uh, was like, texting and calling, sending me pictures of like, all the stickers and like, Every, like they, they like vandalized some of like the mm -hmm. set like productions and I thought that was that really like made me feel happy to know that I'm not alone and that what I did was right and that like it was um, you know keeping me together in some way because it was really hard to open up I didn't tell like anyone when that was told to me I didn't tell anyone I just like kept it to myself the whole day and I didn't know who to turn to so it's nice that there's this, the community that I've been with is supporting me and that they're, they're behind me and that there's strength in, in numbers. That's amazing. And it also speaks to the power of sharing your story because you, I, I, I wonder about all the people that something similar has happened to who haven't been able mm -hmm. for whatever reason, there are a lot of reasons, you know, not to share a story that they haven't shared their story. Yeah. What would you like to see happen in the Vancouver film and television industry as a whole to address what happened? Is there anything that, that the industry can do? Um, uh, that's a really hard question. It's, it's like asking for world peace. I think hmm. we, I, I, I really thought we were a step forward, but this whole week we just took two more steps back because what happened this week, we need to recognize that, like, there's so much more that needs to be done. You know, people need to listen, learn, and just identify the issue and hold themselves accountable or other people call them out. That's, that's the main thing. And uh, the, there's always, there's always talk about change and it will happen and all of that. But I just, it, it there's, there needs to be action and no one's really presenting it. Um, you know on paper and unfortunately we have to we have to do that because no one seems to be uh, putting themselves on a like a platform and just looking at themselves and educating like trying to understand the, the problem here right we do absolutely have a long way to go thank you so we much do. for your time yeah Thank you for having me.
I appreciate you very much. Gone Mom is a production of Slumber Productions. Sean Williamson, chairman of Bright Light Pictures, and Jamie Gehring, partner in Lighthouse, are executive producers of Gone Mom. Sean Williamson is joining us today to talk about what happened on the set of Gone Mom this week. Sean Williamson, thanks for being here. Thank you. So how standard is it for producers on your shows to ask crew members to remove shirts for political reasons? Like, what is your company's policy around crew clothing? There is no policy outside of a safety policy. Hmm. So we do, I mean, we make sure that crew members comply with workers' compensation board requirements with regards to footwear and whatever the safety gear might be. And, uh, and we ask that crew members, you know, be careful what they wear. If you're shooting in a school or in a, around playgrounds or anything that you might not want profanity on somebody's shirt. But absolutely no policy exists with regards to political or social or anything whatsoever. So uh, no, no policy exists around that. So what happened in this case? I think we had an, a producer who was overzealous and took it upon himself to uh, you know, try to keep, I think he made a decision based on those parameters to say he wanted neutrality on the set. But it was the wrong decision. Hmm. And it was not a decision supported by anybody on the show. Yeah. The incidents on the set of Gone Mom have been called racist by many industry people and also described as indicative of a toxic and unsafe workplace for people of color. How do you respond to that assessment? I would think that's inaccurate. I, I don't disagree that there are issues on every set with regards to all kinds of you know, issues that may arise with regards to how people are treated or uh, racism or different things that may exist as it does throughout our culture, unfortunately. But it is not indicative of anything that we would want to, you know, maintain or support or we are adamantly against any form of hate speech or, or uh, you know, anything that would be inappropriate on any level, whether it's, you know, support of any social cause, you know, that is you know, that's important, like Black Lives Matter, which we completely support. Yeah. Now, last night I was inundated with DMs and texts from people who were outraged and deeply hurt by what happened on the set of Gone Mom. What kind of response did you receive and what immediate actions were taken to address the situation? We did an investigation sort of very quickly over what, you know, what had been, what alleged, was alleged to have occurred. And uh, made the decision to remove the producer from the balance of the shoot. Mm. So he won't be attending the set for any remaining shoot days. And, uh, and then we spoke to the individuals involved and, you know, reinforced with both of them that uh, this is not a policy and certainly nothing we support and, and supported them wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt or anything else they felt passionate about, regardless of the cause, assuming it wasn't hateful. And of course, these two individuals were not supporting hate, any hateful cause. Mm. So we, uh, uh, that was effectively what we've done. Mm. So will an apology be issued to the cast and crew? And, and if so, like whose responsibility do you think it is to issue an apology for what happened this week? I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to look at that. that we haven't looked at a, a, uh, an apology to the cast and crew. We did apologize to the two individuals. Mm. And... Uh, who were you know, spoken to, 
but uh, and the producer involved has apologized. I've spoken to both the individuals, and uh, Jamie, the other exec producer on the show, has also spoken to the individuals. So, uh, but I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to offline about what we might do to the entire casting group. Yeah. What are some things that that you'll be doing moving forward to ensure that um, BIPOC casting crew feel safe and heard and appreciated on your productions? We'll maintain our existing practices of inclusivity and confirmed and you know that one this is a one-off uh, situation this is not a indicative of a uh, of an ongoing uh, you know plan or system or method of working this was one individual who took it upon themselves to make you know a very bad decision on set and not one that we support. So one thing we have done is made clear to all of the producers that work with us that no such policy exists and no one will edit what anybody wears on set you know, outside of the safety issues and you know the issues I've mentioned about profanity in schools or things like that. Yeah. Now, do you think what happened on the set this week was racist? I, no, I don't believe he, I know the individual well. He, he is not racist. I don't believe this was racist. I think he would have made the same comment uh, should the person have been wearing a mega hat. So I believe that he was uh, trying to create a neutral workplace, which is, I, although I w didn't witness it and have not been to the set, uh, but that is what he had explained to the individuals involved as he had the conversations. And, uh, but I still believe it was a very bad decision hmm. and not one that I would have made in any situation. Now, what message do you have for anyone who was disturbed or hurt by what happened on the set of Gone Mom this week? That uh, the message would be that the producer was out of line. The, we've taken steps to, you know, to assure the cast and crew that this sort of thing won't happen. And to, if they are concerned about any of the producers on the show, to please look at our history and our, our track record when it comes to this because we are anything if not inclusive and we you know we work with everybody on all you know in all facets of the world happily mm -hmm. and it's a very creative awesome environment and we like to uh, you know we, we like to include everybody growing up in theater where i started it, you know everybody was around and there are so many different types of personalities and such the world is evolving you know in a, such a positive way outside of some of the things that we've seen recently in the States, but it's so nice to see, you know, the changes that I, what I see really positive changes that are coming out of the Black Lives Matter movement among others. Mm -hmm. So we support those and we are, you know, constantly looking to, uh, to improve uh, inclusion at every front. Okay. Sean Williamson, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Angela Moore is a Vancouver actress and an executive board member of UBCP ACTRA, where she chairs the BIPOC committee. Angela joins us today in her capacity as an individual actor and BIPOC member of our community with a profound understanding of the Vancouver film and television industry and not as an official representative of UBCP ACTRA. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Sabrina. It's always a pleasure. What was your initial reaction when you heard what happened on the set of Gone Mom? 
well, actually, I uh, in truth, I usually uh, plug my phone in um, uh, about nine nine o'clock at night, uh, so that I don't have to deal with the the phone. And then the next morning, I was uh, attending a Zoom meeting for Actor National Council. And uh, I started getting emails and then my phone started buzzing and it was just blowing up and I was just getting emails. My WhatsApp group was just lighting up. Uh, and then I started to find out the details of um, what had occurred on that set. Um, and then the next thing I know, a fellow board member sent a rather long and lengthy email um, to our union executive demanding that we you know say something um and first of all i i'd have to say you know I'm, I'm actually trying to pay attention to this meeting but i i can see you know people are trying to get my attention people are calling me and i'm like don't call me i'm in a meeting right um because they keep calling back every time i hang up on them mm -hmm. um and, and i have to say uh first of all i was number one relieved that it wasn't uh me that was writing this long email uh, demanding that the union sort of, you know, um, make a response to this. Uh, I started digging around a little bit more to get the details. And then when I read about what had happened, I was just, like, I just kind of shook my head. I shook my head, I rolled my eyes, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Hmm. Um, it, it was this, this uh, producer hadn't even heard about even the Starbucks incident uh, last summer. Uh, when Starbucks had uh, tried to say something similar along the lines of uh, BLM uh, t-shirts um, for uh, employees in their employ and the blowback that they got because of that. And then in the end, Starbucks ended up designing their own BLM t-shirts for their staff. So apparently um, he hadn't gotten, he hadn't read that news item. Hmm. And then I thought th just the audacity of someone to approach a, a working crew member, um, albeit though he was a, a producer on the set, but just to say that it was too political. Um, I mean, he couldn't even wait to the end of Black History Month. Like literally, like you only had a couple more days, dude, to just hang in there. Um, and and for whatever reason, he thought it was objectionable. And, and then I thought, so does that mean that if the crew members were wearing pink, in October, supporting the cause of, you know, um, raising funds and awareness for breast cancer. Would that have been too political? Yeah. Or, or wearing a pin or uh, anything, you know, pick pick a color, pick a, a, a gesture, a, a bracelet, a yellow bracelet, whatever it is. Would he have approached that crew member in the same manner and asked that person to, um, you know, change their attire or tell them that it was inappropriate for work. Um, I, I was just gobsmacked, frankly. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess it, I just, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I just sort of shook my head. Yeah. That was my reaction. That was your reaction. And what were you hearing in your WhatsApp group and when your phone was blowing up? What kind of reactions <laughs> were you hearing? Uh, uh, people were just, they were really upset. They were really upset uh, that someone um, had basically, you know, they felt that this person who was being, you know, uh, singled out, harassed. Um, it kind of sort of contributes to a toxic work environment. Hmm. Um, I know it may seem on the surface 
when you're you're talking about work attire, that it's somehow um, I don't know some sort of corporate policy. But anyone who's worked in this industry, and I have for 25 plus years um, as a professional, uh, there's not much. Uh, regulation around what crew members wear on set. They wear whatever's comfortable, whatever's functional, and the only thing that they have to ascribe to is that they're wearing something that is safe, according mm. to uh, a work safe standards, like steel toe boots. Uh, that is about it. Yeah. Um, and they wear something that is comfortable and warm or whatever it is, but I have never seen any anyone approached and regulated about what they were wearing um, while they were at work. Yeah. Like never. I, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, and frankly, most uh, crew people that I've ever seen generally don't wear anything that I would call uh, objection objectionable. But, you know, I'm not there every day like most crew members are, so I don't know what else they're wearing. But the fact that they sort of that this person was singled out and maybe somebody else too, because they're wearing a BLM and they thought that was too political. I, in my mind, uh, BLM is um, and not about uh, politics. Uh, human rights in my mind is not about politics. Um, racism is not an opinion, hmm. <laughs> right? Um, it exists. Uh, that movement um, was born out of, you know, people had to die for the um, collective consciousness to wake up to what was going on. This was not a secret for Black people in North America at all, by any stretch of the means. But in, um, you know, in, in the summer of 2020, uh, the, the collective consciousness of all of the people of North America uh, woke up to the fact that, um, uh, you know, uh, Black people were, and, uh, were disproportionately targeted and killed by police in the streets. So to say that, you know, Black Lives Matter to me um, is, is not really a political statement. It's about human rights, uh, human decency, um, uh, and equity and inclusion. Hmm. Um, it is not, for me, uh, and frankly, most people that my colleagues, it's not a political statement, um, and it's certainly not an objectionable one. It's, it, to me, it's a righteous social cause to, to believe in. Um, and if they're just wearing this t-shirt going about their business, uh, I see that as something that is not objectionable and certainly not something that is circumscribed in either the collective agreements of uh, our working unions or the cultural um, environment for film and TV sets. Yeah. What do you think this incident on the set of Gone Mom reveals about racism or white supremacy or the challenges faced by BIPOC cast and crew in the Vancouver film and television industry? Let's put it in the larger picture of what's mm. going on. I think what it says is that we still have some work to do. That's what I think it says. I mean, um, there's still sort of a white supremacist culture that exists where they get to define what is appropriate and what is not appropriate in the workplace. Hmm. Um, um, and, uh, and also what kind of uh, environment people should be working in. And, uh, you know, the, the culture of film and TV, it's very actually quite hierarchical. 
Um, and so the tone is usually set from the executive producer all the way down, right? So you know if you uh, have a good production company, a good executive producer, um, you know, fair and equitable people on the top, generally speaking, it, it works that way all the way down to the bottom. If that is not the case and the work environment is under some sort of duress or stress or, um, you know, bad management, um, that filters down to everybody on the crew and, and on the set. Yeah. Um, and that's where you see the tensions will rise. Um, I still think we have uh, a bit of work to do in raising people's consciousness about um, making a harassment-free workplace for, uh, for racialized uh, people in the industry. And, uh, you know, there, there is some resistance to that, right? There is some mm -hmm. resistance to that education. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Some people have feel like, oh, wow, now we have to do this anti-racism training or we have to be aware, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just kind of very similar. It's similar to what we went through with sexual harassment. Hmm. Right. Uh, that sort of the, the times up the, the, you know, the Me Too movement. It's kind of similar to that. But um, but because it it affects sort of more racialized people, it's uh, something that we've been dealing with for uh, uh, centuries. Right. A, yeah. a long time. And so uh, I think on the whole, um, the people in Vancouver are very aware. They're really trying. You know, there's a lot of great allies in our industry, and they're doing the work and they're walking the walk, right? Yeah. Past just making sort of the appropriate statements. They're actually walking the walk. They're actually trying to change things and move that wheel forward um, so that everyone, everyone can feel uh, included and feel safe in their work environment. And that's what it's it basically boils down to is to make a, a work environment that is harassment free mm. um, and that includes racial harassment. Yeah. What do you think are some of the potential psychological or emotional or physical or financial impacts of what happened on the set of Gone Mom this week, either to the film workers who were present on set or to other BIPOC casting crew in the larger community? Well, I, I believe it's self-evident. Um, when this person was being interviewed um, by uh, the media, they didn't want to use their real name, right? Yeah. Um, they said that they were afraid that they wouldn't get hired. I believe this person was uh, rather new to the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, film workers are uh, self-contracted, right? They're, they're, we're self-employed. Right, we don't work every single day with va paid vacation and pension and what have you, right? So, um, and whether they're you know in unions or starting out in unions, um, they're very much um, their workplace is very precarious. So, if someone doesn't like you for whatever the reason, they simply don't have to call you to come into work, right? Your name kind of gets bumped down on that list, right? Um, so, this person did not even feel safe to just reveal who they were. They said implicitly, I'm worried about getting work again. They don't want to be burdened or being saddled with the reputation of like, oh, this person, you know, made a complaint and, and now we have to worry about this person coming to work on set. They don't want to be burdened and saddled with that kind of responsibility. They just want to go to work, period, and then go home at the end of the day. They just want to have a good time, just like everybody else. 
Yeah. They want to do their craft, get along with their coworkers, put out a good product and go home and then, you know, rinse and repeat the next day. That's all they want to do and get ahead with their career. Yeah. Period. They don't want any extra stress. I think what happens, um, you know, with that person is that they just become really, um, really, you know, small T traumatized in, in, in a way. Yeah. Right. Because now forevermore, they're always going to be thinking, okay, what am I going to wear to go to work today? I have to be careful not to draw attention to myself. I just want to go to work. Yeah. Right. That decision could have been just sort of like, oh, that's the clean shirt and I'm going to put that on. Or it could be like, you know what, this is, it's Black History Month and I'm going to be wearing this every day this month. I don't know what's going on in that person's mind, but they felt strongly about it and they were going to put it on and then go to work. They weren't standing on a soapbox talking about whatever and not doing their work. They were simply doing their work. Um, for the for the rest of the people on the set, that they see that this person is getting spoken to by um, a supervisor, perhaps, or they hear about it and they think, well, I don't want to become a target either. Hmm. So you would feel naturally uh, very tentative very cautious. It signals to a racialized person that um, their belief in social justice is not welcome here. That their worth um, is not very valuable. That's what it signals. Um, For the cast who uh, sees this, um, I think they feel the same way as well. Um, uh, performers are in a precarious work environment as well. And we're super highly conscious of how we are perceived on set. Uh, I've worked with, you know, when I get the rare opportunity to work with more than one other black person on set um, Mm -hmm. and we're talking, they're highly conscious of who, you know, what the environment that they're in. There are subjects that we don't talk about within earshot of other people. Um, we will check our, our, our mic packs um, to see if, you know, to turn them off. Not that we're sliding anybody, but we're just highly conscious that we're being watched. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to, like everybody else, we want to go to work, deliver a good product, have a good day and go home and come back the next day if we're lucky enough to do so. So uh, that is to say, we want to have a comfortable, harassment-free workplace where you're not being targeted or uh, held to a higher standard than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a push for film workers to wear Black Lives Matter shirts and hoodies this coming week. What do you think is the importance of this kind of action? Oh, my goodness, Sabrina. Um I think the next thing I saw on Facebook or, or, or actually through my email was my colleague, John Cassini, who serves as vice president of BBC Piatra. And he's uh, executive producing right now. He's producing. And uh, uh, the next thing I saw just within a very short span of time was uh, that he had taped BLM to his cap and he had his colleagues. They just grabbed whatever tape that they could and had taped BLM on their shirts. And my heart was full. 
uh, it is an act of solidarity. It is an act to say that in Vancouver, this is our yard. And these are the values and principles in which that we believe in and that we have, you know, awoken to this. Um, people had to die in order to get people's attention, right? And so when I see my fellow colleagues and uh, people in this industry just put together some tape quickly to show that solidarity, that means the world to me because it wasn't me, just me or that one singular person who maybe didn't get a work, didn't get to work again or went home and changed a shirt or didn't come back again and then nothing was ever heard from them. It signals that in Vancouver, that this is our yard. These are our beliefs and we stand by our people and we stand for social justice. We stand for what is right. Um, we stand for equity. We do indeed. Angela yeah. Moore, thank you for being here today. You're very welcome, Sabrina. On Friday, UBCP ACTRA released the following statement on their social media channels. UBCP ACTRA is deeply troubled by news of an incident on a UBCP ACTRA and ACFC signatory production. We have heard reports of crew members being sent home because they were wearing Black Lives Matter attire. Consequently, we are undertaking an investigation into what occurred and connecting with our members on set. We are profoundly disturbed by these reports and will be making a statement in due course. We stand in solidarity with the workers who wore the Black Lives Matter clothing and reiterate our commitment to fighting anti-Black racism in the BC film and television industry. We here at YVR Screen Scene will be following this story as it develops. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Furminger, and edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane Develay for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fishflay Entertainment. Find us on all the socials at YVR Screen Scene, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts for free, and at our home on the web at yvrscreenscene.com. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. Black Lives Matter. One out of every five Canadians is disabled, and one of the biggest barriers they face is food, not just in the ability to prepare it, but also gaining access to healthy ingredients. These barriers often intersect with other areas of marginalization, such as ethnicity, sexuality, and gender identity. How can we help? How do we begin improving food security for marginalized Canadians? We can start with awareness, and Jules Sherrod is inviting all of us to take that first step and be part of the solution. Jules is a disabled food photographer and advocate with a mission to increase awareness and provide solutions to create better accessibility to those who need it. His plan? To create a photography and video exhibit, both online and in-studio, that showcases the food-related stories of eight disabled Canadians, eight Canadians from culturally diverse backgrounds, and eight Couch and Valley food and beverage producers. 
This project will also create at least five added jobs for disabled and other marginalized people. And Jules is inviting all of us to be part of bringing this important project to life. Your contributions will launch a unique art exhibit and shine a light on one of the biggest and most life-threatening barriers disabled Canadians face today, accessing food. Learn how you can support this in-person and virtual exhibition at disabilityandfood.art. That's disabilityandfood.art. Every little bit helps. Thank you.